Welcome to the Reason to Behold podcast with Tolly Talks and Arnold Reasons. We are doing another um, another Skype conversation today. Uh, we are T minus three weeks from Baby K being born, so we're trying to squeeze in every podcast we can <laughs> until uh, <laughs> until Arnold uh, goes on paternity leave. Um, so yeah, so just super grateful that we can do this today. Yeah, man. Um, what was it we said on the first episode? Was it let's chop it up? That's that what, what we said. Yeah, let's chop it up. I'm feeling like today is a let's chop it up. I agree. Do you know what you're in the spirit, man? Because <laughs> you know what, like the funny thing is, yeah. Before I even came here, I came from just listening to the audio bible in my room, and I felt like I was just, you know, when you're just enjoying just hearing and letting it just sit with you and just go in and just chew and all of that and then i felt like oh man i've got to get up and go and do this now so <laughs> in part i was thinking this is going to be a great thing as well and i would just love if we had a chop it up moment so yeah man, no i'm down for that i'm excited i'm down for that so what were you listening to i was listening to first timothy okay first timothy man just taking it all in why is that where you want to go yeah like because I'm doing the one-year Bible plan, yeah. So there's always stuff, stuff in there that's good. Mm. But let's let's hear about your First Timothy. I, I don't want to deprive you. I don't want to deprive you of what no, you. No, no, no. I was going to say I got nothing to say. It's all premature right now. Oh. <laughs> okay, I was in the first okay. listen. I was in the okay. first listen. Um, there were a few things that stood out to me, but I think it's still. As soon so as we finish me. recording, I'm going back to listen again. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Because I was, I literally listened from the start to the end, so it was a lot of oh. information. Um, oh. But I was trying to listen to it as a whole, like the whole letter as it was written, mm. and try and follow the themes from start to finish, basically. And so mm. yeah, so I've got it's real premature. I've got quite a few more listens to do, just so that I can start piecing it together and allowing my thoughts to really okay. mature. I don't think I've ever listened to First Timothy as a whole, you know. Really. No, I don't think I've ever read it through all in kind of one setting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. It's an interesting one. It's an interesting one, I think. And as I was listening to it, I think even in my first listen, I was starting to hear how some pieces that are in separate chapters that we sometimes Mm. read apart from each other are just fully connected. Like what? It's too premature, bro, man. You're trying bro, to draw just me do out. It, I want to do it, but do I can't. It. I can't. It's still Why? early, man. It's still early because I feel like he... right now I'm in hypothesis stage. Like I haven't yeah. even. But let us reason together. <laughs> this is reason to behold. That's reason. That's reason. It's too. Your Arnold reason. It's too like, early. I know. I reason, even... but it's, it's it's because of that that my reasoning takes time. It takes time to chew and to mature, you know. And it's not because I get to the the final answer, but. Yeah, I need a little bit more. Yeah, let's let's stay clear of First Timothy for today. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm excited. Because I'm thinking, wait, which bits? Which bits? Are you what, already seeing the collections? What, what I will say though, yeah, is come back to me in a few recordings' time. That could be like, like six months. It could be, time. but do you know what? That's a good time for something to really sit. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, bro, we're the microwave generation. I need, I need it now. <laughs> Yeah, man, we'll come back to it. We'll come. Let's please let's make a note of that. First Timothy, we'll come back on that. Okay, okay, okay. So yeah. So like, 
the the bit of the Bible plan I've been enjoying the most at the moment yeah. is going through Genesis. Okay. So Genesis for me is so interesting because you're really seeing kind of the beginnings of a lot of human behavior. Hmm. And you're seeing how God interacts with different people in different situations. And for me, it's just so fascinating. Mm. So, so fascinating. Like one of the stories I was reading was about, you know, when God visits Abraham mm. and then they start conversating about Sodom and Gomorrah, right? And what I never really deeped was that I always knew that the two angels came right but i didn't realize that god was there in like manly form mm. because it says three men came da, 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 and then it says and then the lord said to abraham and then he's speaking to to his wife and all that kind of stuff and then it says the other two men left mm. and then that's when you see god talking to abraham about what he's going to do with sodom mm. And so when Abraham is having that conversation with God about, well, what what about 50? What about 40? What about this? What about that? That's like a face-to-face -face conversation. Mm. And I don't know why, but for me, I always took that as like a prayer conversation, mm. you know, like where I'd be in my room and I'd be praying and I'd be interceding. But actually that was like face-to-face. -face. Mm. And for me, it just kind of blew my mind. I was like, wow. I've never even picked up on that. Bro. I read it. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. I was like, what do you mean he was there? You know? Yeah. And it just, it brings a whole different dynamic to God's interaction on that thing. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it says about how God says, oh, would I hold this back from my servant Abraham? Right. And so now I'm imagining like, look, God is there talking to Abraham, just kind of like looking at him in the face and he's thinking, hmm, should I tell him? Should I not tell him? <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like Abraham might have been talking or whatever. And God is just like, should I tell him or should I not tell him? You know, and he's like, oh, how can I hide it from my boy? And he's looking at him like, that's my boy. How can I hide it from my friend? You know? <laughs> and then I'm imagining like how we are, like, you know, when you've got something to tell someone, you've got that little sly smile because you know that you have something to say. <laughs> you know, like I'm thinking about when you guys told me that you're having a baby. Yeah. You know? And now I look back and I can see that smile that you were kind of, you, that you had something to say <laughs> yeah you know so for me it just brought this whole different much more human dynamic of it of look god was literally like there mm. and he was excited to tell abraham or you know it was something he wanted to do he wanted that fellowship he wanted that interaction because god knew what abraham would do with the information mm. and it's like he invited that he wanted that and yeah it's just some of those little details for me are just so amazing mm. <laughs> Was this your reading today? No, so that was a few days ago. Mm. So today, I mean, let me go to what I was reading for you today. For the, for the benefit of those that are maybe not with a Bible in front of them, the verses that Tolly was referring to take place in Genesis chapter 18. Ah, uh, that's right. Got to give the reference. Thank God for Google. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just little things like I didn't really I forgot pretty much that Abraham got married after Sarah again. He got married you know? after Sarah again, did you say? Yeah, so after Sarah died, yeah. Abraham got married. 
And do you know what else I didn't realize yet? Is that I always thought that with Hagar, she was just like, oh, sleep with my maid. Mm. But actually, it says she gave Hagar to Abraham as her wife. Mm. Yeah. And that is why Hagar then started getting awkward. Now she's a wife too. <laughs> See what I'm saying? So, <laughs> and it's like, wow, I didn't realize she actually gave her to him as his wife. Mm. And it's like all these little details that are just coming through. It's just like, wow. Just like, wow. And even like, so you see how many kids that Abraham actually had as well. Mm. So it talks about this other wife and there was one, two, three, four, five, six kids that he had with this woman. Where are we at? Uh, Genesis 25. Okay. It says, Abraham again took a wife and her name was Keturah. And she bore him Zimran, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. And then they all started having kids. And there were so many of them. and But it's funny because it says, and Abraham in verse 5, and Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac. Bruv, none of them other kids got nothing. In terms of like, you know, the fullness, it says, but Abraham gave gifts to the sons of the concubines, which Abraham had. Mm. Bruv, it's crazy. And then it says, and while he was still living, he sent them eastward away from Isaac, his son, to the country of the east. Mm. Abraham's not messing around. <laughs> <laughs> Abraham's like, boy, you're the favorite. You're literally the one. <laughs> Promise, child. Honestly, all the rest of you, banished. It is. It's really interesting though, because like hearing you say all of that is is almost like new information in my mind. Because I've read Genesis before and um, read around Abraham as well and stuff like that as well. But hearing you say things like he had other wives, it just goes to show how much certain times we pay attention to the traditional information yeah. that we spend so much time talking about that we can so miss true. and overlook some of the minutiae that yeah. isn't really paid attention to. But the thing is, though, is that the minutiae is there for a reason. Yeah, of course. This is the thing, like, nothing that is in the Bible is there irrelevant. Yeah. So it's part of me is question. I'm like, but God, why is this there? Yeah. You know, like something I really like, I really liked actually today was when you go back a chapter and when it says in, you know, like, I think it's Genesis 24, mm. when um, when Rebecca is going to get taken from her father's house. Mm. And this is something my parents actually showed me because we used to do this thing where they would talk to us about marriage and kind of like try and prepare us to get married. Right. Mm. And one of the things that they were saying is that women have a choice mm. because in African culture and kind of a lot of those kind of quite patriarchal cultures, women don't really seem to have a choice. Mm. But when you look in here, you see in verse 56 of Genesis 24, mm. basically what's happening is the servant has found Rebecca. He's in he's in her dad's house and he's basically like, look, can you let me go now so I can take Rebecca back to my master? And it says they're like, oh, no, stay with us for at least 10 days. And then after that, she can go. He's like, hold up, what? And he's like, and he says to them, do not hinder me since the Lord has prospered my way. Send me away so that I may go to my master. So they said, verse 57, we will call the young woman and ask her personally. Then they called Rebecca and said to her, will you go with this man? And she said, I will go. So they sent Rebecca away and her nurse and Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebecca 
and said to her, Our sister, may you become the, the mother of thousands of tens of thousands. And may your descendants possess these gates of those who hate them. So they asked her what she wanted to do. Hmm. And when she said what she wanted to do, which was actually against what they wanted to do, they sent her, but they didn't just send her angry. They sent her with a blessing. Hmm. And how is it that now, sometimes when people do things that we don't necessarily want them to do, right? That a preach. <laughs> <laughs> it, say it, say it. Right, and then we be getting angry. We be cursing people. Like, how is <laughs> how is that how we've become? Yeah, see what I mean. And even way back here, where you know, people say that in those times, you know, women didn't really have much authority they didn't really have anything mm. here we see that look they said okay cool let's ask her what she wants to do yeah very interesting observation bro there's so much stuff in here that it's just like wow yeah it's real good man so out of what you've covered in genesis so far yeah if you could choose one section for us to zoom in on and dig what would you choose oh my gosh do you know what I don't even know mm. like there's just so much of it so much of it because I'm about 25 chapters in yeah. Like so yeah a lot a lot has come from it But what's interesting is that last time we did Let's Chop It Up, yeah, we, we were in Genesis as well. It is, man. Genesis is just the, it's the place to hang, man. Honestly. <laughs> so something that I can add to it, though, <clears throat> is from just some of the general study that we've been doing in the house. One of the things we've been looking at is Romans. Okay. And it's interesting because the part of Romans that we've been focusing on most recently has been referring to Abraham. Really? Yeah. Okay, where's that? I'm going to pull it up for you. Chapter 4. I believe it is. Where is it? 3. Um, chapter chapter 3 especially. So, okay. So, I think the main point that we've been really hanging on has been let me see where the verses we're in chapter 3 that's what I'm looking for because I saw chapter 4 verse 3 which talks about Abraham Hold on. yeah you might be right it might be in chapter 4 yes so I'm just going to read and then we can talk about it a bit more so yeah romans chapter 4 from verse 1 what then will we say that abraham our forefather according to the flesh has found hold on sorry just give me a second what then shall we say was gained by abraham our forefather according to the flesh for if abraham was justified by works he has something to boast about but not before god for what does the scripture say abraham believed god and it was mm. counted to him as righteousness. Mm. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, 
but as his due. Mm. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. Is this blessing then only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? For we say that faith was counted to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it counted to him? Was it before or after he had been circumcised? Mm. It was not after, but before he was circumcised. He received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. The purpose was to make him the father of all who believe without being circumcised so that righteousness would be counted to them as well and to make the father and to make him the father of the circumcised who are not merely circumcised but who also walk in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. Wow. So one of the main things that we were picking up on and just really talking about is how God's plan for salvation was always justification by faith. By faith. Um, Mm. Number one, we know obviously Abraham, he walked before the law of Moses, which is what was the Ten Commandments and all of those kind of bits. He was before that in terms of timeline. Yeah. And it was like the same it's it's just it's been consistent since the beginning of time even going back into the garden it was always about faith i.e trust in god and what he said rather than doing anything to deserve his righteousness and his justification because even with adam and even this is something we spoke about i think um with the book Mm. which you get um (laughs) (laughs) but coming 2020 yeah um, but just this idea of how you see in the garden that God created this amazing place full of everything that was needed and more and placed them in the garden and just gave them the opportunity to just be and to exist, having done mm. nothing to deserve that. Mm. Abraham, we see the same thing. He gets the promise about how God's going to make him a father of many nations and all of this kind of other stuff um, and how you have all of these wonderful descendants more than the sand in the seashores and all of that kind of stuff more than the stars in the sky Mm. and it was never abraham you must do x y and z then that will (laughs) give you this that and the other promise it was promise which required belief and faith but what what was the promise as well what was the promise tony yeah let's go there it was i will make you yeah the father of many nations so talk about that so God was saying, I will do it. Mm. He wasn't even saying it's what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's not saying, you know, you will make yourself. No, he's saying I will make you Yeah. the father of many nations. Mm. Abraham's Abraham's part in it was belief. Mm-hmm. That's it. His part was just belief and obedience. So that now leads me to one of my, Favorite <laughs> <laughs> no because you know what it's like it's so good to always see how god really echoes his message throughout the scriptures mm. um ezekiel 36 i don't know if i've referred to this on the podcast before i might have there's some of my favorite verses but it echoes the same thing that you're saying about what god will do rather than what we will do mm-hmm. 
um, from verse 22. I yep. believe it's after there's a lot of stuff speaking about how the children of Israel have profaned God's name among the nations, i.e. they have misrepresented him to the world, in short. Mm-hmm. Um, verse 22, Therefore say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you mm. have profaned among the nations to which you came. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has mm. been profaned among the nations, and which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord, when through you I will vindicate my holiness before their eyes. I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all mm. your uncleannesses and from all your idols I will cleanse you. I will cleanse you. Mm. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh and I (laughs) will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and Mm. be careful to obey my rules you Mm. shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God and I will deliver you from all your uncleannesses and there's many more and I and I and I I, I, yeah it's just as you were speaking about um how he said i will make of you a great nation i will do x y and z like one of the things that i've thought about is you know there's this question about oh is god fair how can he how can a good god allow for us to or why would god create a world knowing that we would sin and mm. then leave us to take responsibility for it like that's a general question that sometimes people put out there yeah but i think the more that I've seen verses like these and thought about things like what you've mentioned and seeing how much God actually took responsibility from the beginning. True. That, and that's yeah. what the gospel message is built on, is the fact mm. that God acknowledges our sins and the fact that we have fallen short of his um, standards. Mm. But he doesn't leave us to figure it out for ourselves. But comes down in human flesh (laughs) takes the punishment deserved for our sins ascends then sends his holy spirit to fill us and empower us to walk out as true representatives of his kingdom who grow day by day reflecting him and his ways Mm. and and so i think when i think about that question about whether god is fair about um leaving us to basically punish or punishing us for things that he knew we would do wrong when you actually look at the gospel message it shows you that he didn't do that no he he created us and has given all of mankind an opportunity to receive the free gift of eternal life which is not earned by doing 10 great things or by no. ticking all of these boxes no. but is inherited through belief and trust in him and his gospel message and I think that message of provision and responsibility is such a huge run because even from when Adam and Eve sinned the first time yeah, 
it was God that sacrificed or yeah. killed the animal to co- to cover them. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? They tried to cover their sin with the leaves and stuff, and God was like, no, 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 don't worry. Mm. He killed whatever it was, and he was the one that covered them. Yeah. You know? Or even when we see when God makes the covenant with Abraham, it's like God is the one that is doing a big part of that. Yeah. You know? I think in that, Abraham gets put into a deep sleep, and that's when a lot of the stuff happens, when Abraham wasn't even awake. Hmm. You know, so God always comes to do his part. Mm. And all that is on our part is just the faith to walk in what he's done. Mm. And it's like, when people choose not to do that, that's the choice and the power that they've been given is free will, right? Because God is saying, look, I'll create the world for you. And if you choose to mess it up, I'll figure out a way for it to be made right again. Mm. But the choice is yours as to how you want to walk in it. Yeah. You know, whether you want to accept the provision, accept what I've done or not. Yeah. You know, and that's the ultimate way of loving, right? Saying, look, I will do whatever it takes to make sure that we can be together. Mm. But if you choose to take it or not take it, it's totally up to you. I'm not going to force you to take it just because it's there. You know, and that's wow. Because, because, what kind of love would that be if the person that you're desiring to love you only loved you because you forced them? Yeah, like, exactly. If there was no decision making and, and all of that on their part, and it was just that you pressed the button, and all of a sudden now they automatically love you, it's like no one wants that. Yeah, because that is the that is one of the powers of true love is the yeah. fact that it is. It stems from a decision. And now let's talk about love. Because I feel okay. like that's what we need to talk about. I, I can feel it prompting now. Okay, it's coming. Because, like, I feel like there's this Hollywood romanticized version of love mm. that the world teaches. Mm. Where it's like, you're told you fall in love. Yeah. You, you, I don't feel like I love them anymore. Or all those kinds of things. And it's not to knock feelings and, and all of those kind of things at all. But when I look at the love that God has shown to us that whole unconditional nature everything that first corinthians 13 speaks about um in kind of unpacking that type of love it's something that is driven by decision and not driven by emotion Mm. like let's actually look at even first Mm. corinthians 13 <laughs> you there? Yeah. I'm, I'm laughing because I just read the first two words and I asked the question already in my head that I'm probably going to ask after we read it. Okay. Love is patient and kind. Yep. yep. You don't always feel patient and you don't always feel kind. Nope. But you have to choose patience. Yeah. Choose kindness. Love does not envy or boast. Mm. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Mm. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. 
what do you think about love tolly where do you think some of the misconceptions we have on love are i think it feels like sometimes love is something that happens to us Mm. instead of something that we actively and intentionally do Mm. because all of those things are things that you have to consciously be yeah so it says love is patient love is kind love doesn't envy it's not proud it doesn't behave rudely those are all things that naturally we actually often want to do yeah you know and love is actually acting in the way that we don't necessarily want to yeah And I think something that is for me is that when it says love is, there's also the Bible talks about God is love. Yeah. And so it's like love is a person. Mm. You know, it's not just an emotion or a feeling, but it's actually a person. Yeah. And even on what you were saying, something that I was even thinking about that I think is even seen in these verses is that there's like a a restraint that what do you mean there's a restraint that love has like almost like a so let's talk about love being patient for example Mm. in order to be patient you have to restrain yourself from being impatient true likewise being kind to be kind is you have to restrain yourself from being unkind restrain sounds restrictive Mm. but I think yeah you choose not to be like and you choose what you want to be but I think if we think about natural human nature yeah it's not necessarily to be kind yeah that's why you have to tell people to be kind Mm. you know if it was just you don't have to tell someone to be unkind no you know, or you have impatient. to tell people not to be unkind. It's true. You see what I mean? It's true. Like our natural human nature is more towards the selfish side and the, you know, the unkind side, the proud side. That's why you have to tell people not to be the bad things and to be the good things. That's why you have to train people, you know. Well, train people sounds bad, but you know what I mean? Like that's why people yeah. have to <laughs> learn these things. Yeah. You were saying about the restraint. What was the... What was the kind of thread through that i'm traveling through it now man like because you know i think like I'm, I'm thinking more about even just how the point you just made about how um you don't have to tell people to be impatient you have to tell them to be patient you have to tell them mm. to be kind you have to tell them not to envy you have mm. to tell them not to boast it's like the 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 nature of man and the flesh is everything opposite of what love speaks about here. Wow. And so saying that if it's the way of the flesh to be opposite of this, it's only by the spirit that we can put to death the deeds of the flesh. Flesh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. And and it's it's by the spirit and it's by the spirit being God, by growing intimately closer In God. to God. Yeah. That we become like him because you know they say birds of a feather flock together like and that's not even the phrase that i meant to use it just sounded right so i'm going to use the right phrase the right phrase is if you want to show me who your friends are and i'll show you who you are yeah that's the phrase i was looking for got it 
And so, like, I, I believe, and I think that's something that I see as well in the journey that we have as disciples is that as we grow in our closeness to God and mm. the people that are also reflective of him and his way and his nature, those characteristics can rub off us on us for good because we become sure. more like him through him for sure and especially when we hold on to the promise that he made about how he's going to put his spirit in us and cause us to walk out his ways wow and so <sighs> yeah, and man. you know what else i'm thinking of is about how in genesis it talks about how seed produces after its kind mm. and if you think about like a tree mm. right when a tree is planted, it looks like a seed. It doesn't necessarily look like a tree. Mm. But as it grows and grows and grows, it starts to look more and more like a tree. Mm. Do you see what I mean? Same with like an orange. When you take an orange seed, it doesn't look like an orange. Yeah. But as you plant it, you water it, you know, it gets the right stuff. It grows and looks more and more like an orange. Yeah. And that's the same thing with us is that at the beginning we might not look like god but yeah. as we grow and grow and grow and grow we start to look more and more like him because that is the seed from which we came yeah yeah for real and you know i feel like one of the challenges or i believe one of the challenges in our time now is having the staying power and the patience not even the staying power but the patience to mm. wait that process out mm because like True. you said early on in this conversation with the microwave generation so mm. it's kind of like i, I want it now I, boy I, I like jesus yesterday do you get yep. what i'm saying yeah um but are we willing to journey with god and hold on to his promise that he'll put his spirit in us and cause us to walk out his ways i.e he will put his seed in us and cause wow. us to bear the fruit of the spirit yeah that will cause us to look like him demonstrating love being patient being kind and all of these things are we willing to actually continue believing because you know what you can believe that when you first say yes mm. but then when you're six months in and you're focusing on the areas that maybe you haven't reflected god as you see him in scriptures but you still see some of the flesh ruling and stuff like that are you willing to continue trusting that god's promise will bear fruit even mm. in that time and i think sometimes as you get older it gets almost harder because like yeah. even when you're six months in you're still kind of like well it's only been six months yeah what about when you're like 10 years in 12 yeah. years in and there's because there's always going to be stuff that you're dealing with yeah you know there's always going to be things that you're going to mess up on Mm. even as you become more and more christ-like mm. you know and it's like even paul was saying like he hasn't got it yet he's not fully there yet and that's mm. paul mm. you know so when you're 10 years in i feel like sometimes that's that's even tougher too because you're like i should know this by now yeah you know i should have dealt with this by now yeah and for me it's like almost like that sometimes when it, it's you really really need that staying power and you really need to lean into that grace mm. Because one of the things I loved in that um, in that Romans verse actually mm. was it was Romans four, right? Yeah. There's a bit where it says about blessed are those whose lawless sins are forgiven, mm. lawless deeds are forgiven, and whose sins are covered. Mm. 
Blessed is the man whom the Lord shall not, in to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. Mm. And it's just talked about David, about David, mm. right? And we all know kind of how David's story went down. Yeah, you know. And what it's saying is that look, even though you mess up, God doesn't、mm. impute the sin to you. It's not just you know when you first come to God and. You know your sins are forgiven then, but then kind of when you mess up after that, you're on your own. You're messed up. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's like God continually forgives us. He doesn't impute sin to us. He doesn't make our salvation or our righteousness based on what we do or don't do. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you know that's probably like the fun that that is not even probably that is the foundational promise、um, that we. Whether we're six months in, six years in, sixty years in,、mm. have to wrestle to keep on believing. Yeah. Because the longer that, and this is actually something that we were speaking about、um, the other day as well at home, the longer that you walk with God,、um, the easier it is to stop trusting in the gift of eternal、mm. life and justification、mm. by faith. Yeah. And also, the easier it becomes to almost now look at. The the good works that you have done and you、yeah. have been doing, yeah, and almost start unconsciously seeing those things as somehow the reason why you have now been justified. So that when、sure. you fall short in another area, yeah, it, it almost feels like you're wrecked and ruined. All of your good hard all of work, your good, yeah, exactly. Ten fifteen years has been exactly, and now you're back at square one. And so that is that is definitely one of the big, or that it definitely is the big challenge on us as believers to keep believing, is the fact that our justification, our right standing before God, us having the promise of eternal life, and being His children, is not something dependent on what we've done and not done, but is dependent on His goodness and the gift that He's given us through His Son Jesus Christ. So, for the sake of those that can't see, obviously, what's going on, Tony <laughs> just went into Matrix mode. What happened? You got something you wanted to say? Yeah. Say it. Like, so when you said about when we've been doing something for X amount of years, you know,、yeah. and it feels like, okay, now it's based on the good works that I've done.、Mm. You know what that is? Is that's pride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We stop relying on what God has done,、mm. and then we start saying, "Well, I've done this, or I've not done this for X amount of time,、mm. so you know we're good now." And then when you mess up or you fall,、mm. right, then it kind of obliterates everything else.、Mm. And it just hit me about how pride comes before a fall. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Now Arnold has the matrix face. So it's when we get proud of、yeah. how we feel that we're doing. Yeah. That is often what leads us into a fall. Yeah. Man. Wow. Wow. <laughs> And you know what? <laughs> I was gonna make a joke. <laughs> God, but I was gonna make a joke and say, maybe that's one of the reasons why God gives us marriage. I don't think it's the only thing, <laughs> but 
the gift of marriage Why? because and like i know for sure my my experience i've said it to you before probably on and off uh, mike but i know marriage is one of the things that god has used and continues to use to mm. remind me mm. of how short i sometimes fall <laughs> do you yeah. hear what i'm saying yeah because like before i got married i wasn't all the way there thinking yeah man i made it but it's like you know i looked around i thought okay cool been going for a few years there's certain things that are in check like i feel like yeah. i'm i'm pretty good overall with you lord like i didn't like it wasn't it wasn't like a no i get what you beat mean. my chest but i felt like yeah, yeah. you know i felt like i had like, a comfortable basics. stride pretty yeah, much yeah give me some basics. meat yeah. give me meat I'm not, <laughs> I'm not milk no more give me that meat boy yeah man but i feel like in a lot of ways getting married for me i felt like my journey with god started all over again in some ways man wow um and not even in a bad way and it's not because yeah like I was getting picked on or picked out on should I even say for every single thing I was doing wrong but it was more like I guess the graciousness of my wife mm. and then the quiet moments with me and God where I reflect on different ways that things played out and how I could have done better and how I should have done better and the responsibility that I have as a man and as a husband um, within our marriage and stuff like that it keeps me close man keeps me close to for the real. truth of my um my own shortcomings and i think also even more on my need to just continue drawing from god because yeah man it don't take long like if you're sitting in a room by yourself <laughs> yeah. it's you can you can you can probably get by in in like a, a lot easier in general yeah because it's just you you know there's nothing to challenge you. There's nothing to challenge you. There's nobody that you have to be patient with. There's nobody that you have to demonstrate unconditional love to. There's nobody mm. that you have to apologize to when you get things wrong. Like, because it's just you, you and the mm. four walls. And obviously, yes, there's things to do with the sinfulness that you can have in your thoughts against God and all of those kind of things. Yes, I get that. But I'm talking about just like box a human being bro, in a room. It's by a himself. different level when someone is pushing your buttons. It's different, man. It's different. It's different. <laughs> Wow. So, so yeah, I'm not saying chapter and verse that it's the reason why God gives us marriage. I said, nah. Just to be clear, I said, I jokingly thought to myself, maybe that's one of the reasons why God gives us the gift of marriage. Well, I think if you take it another step, it's like relationships in general will do that to you. Yeah. You know, when you think about like your brothers and sisters, they're the people that you see the most before marriage, if you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. And those are the ones that can push your buttons the most. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's part of why oh, we have definitely. relationship. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. And marriage is just like the deepest level of relationship in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah. So yeah. I think it follows that theme of actually, look, relationships are going to push you. They are going to reveal stuff inside you. Yeah. You know, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think relation like marriage is just like that depth of relationship where I'm literally in your space all day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> but talk about that though, because that line that you just mentioned about iron sharpens iron, man. Mm. Like, that's it, it's it's a verse and it's a a line that we sometimes enjoy quoting. It sounds poetic, you know. You know, Bro, we're brothers in arms and all that. But it's painful. It's painful getting sharpened. It's painful, man. You Sparks you flying against everywhere. a rock. Yeah. <laughs> Bruv, what? It's not nice. And you know what? This is interestingly as well. One thing that we know is that it's not something that everybody's willing to stick out. Nope. Because like as I when I look at like the deepest relationships that I have and have had over the years, they're the ones where sparks definitely fly. 
Mm. And it's not to irritate one another. It's not to like try and turn and turn the other person away, but it's sparks fly so that we can grow and be better. Yeah. Um, and yeah, man, it can be an unpretty process. But the, the end result is worth it, man. Yeah. And why are you being sharpened? Tell us. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, the purpose of time being sharp is so that it can cut through what it needs to cut through. It can yeah. achieve its purpose. Yeah, yeah. You know, and if we're blunt instruments, we're not going to achieve what we need to achieve. Mm. So the reason that we're being sharpened is so that we can actually do what we need to do do it quickly and do it easily it's not so that you know just for any reason but mm. there's a purpose behind being sharp yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's true because a blunt knife is not a knife no nope. it's, just, it's just metal it's just pain <laughs> it's just pain no i want to say that again though man because what you said i think i want to say what you said again right there's something you said like it, I, I, I was whilst you were talking I think I even tuned out because I was listening to what you said again in my head <laughs> but one? it was the same point you said something like the question you asked was why are we getting sharpened mm. and then you said something to do with purpose and I don't like using the purpose word sometimes because I know it, this is a buzzword nowadays but <laughs> a knife has a purpose it's, yep. use, it's useful for something there's something that it is supposed to do and so each of us have different roles within the body of Christ and different things that we are going to do. There might be overlap in some people's relationships, but we each have different roles. And <clears throat> that sharpening that iron does to iron mm. is something that we each need so mm. that we can do what it is that is in our hands to do. Mm. So that's basically what you said that I was trying to echo again in case anybody missed it that's what he said <laughs> <laughs> and what's interesting is you know that that kind of that principle of if you've got an hour to chop down a tree yeah you spend 45 minutes sharpening your axe mm. and then you cut it down mm. and like when we think about jesus and his ministry it's like jesus had 30 years of preparation for that end part do you see what I mean? So 30 years of being sharpened, 30 years of growing before he really did anything that was kind of public. But what we want to do is, okay, I've got to cut down this tree. Let me go cut it, cut it down now. We'll spend an hour whacking a tree with a blunt axe. Actually, let's spend more time being sharpened. And then when it comes time, then we kind of unleash on the tree, but with a sharp instrument, not something that's not really fit for purpose. Yeah, yeah. And even with Jesus as well, yeah, it was 30 years. And then how long was his ministry? Like three years, three and a half years. Yeah. Like that is... It's mad. That is so opposite what yeah. we want today. We oh, don't yeah, even want, want three years. Three years of training? <laughs> we what? want three minutes. Bro, <laughs> I want that Matrix download. Yeah. <laughs> like, bug into my head filter it all straight through that's what i want oh man but are we willing to wait this is part two of the conversation from last week uh, honestly <laughs> seed time and harvest yeah <laughs> man hmm. any final thoughts oh man 
I think that's what I'm going to enjoy about this year, I think, because I think this year is a lot about sharpening. Yeah. And being in that place of kind of building up and seed time and harvest and understanding, yeah. you know, what are the things I need to sharpen? What yeah. are the things that are ready to get cut down? Because it's not, it's not like, for me, it's not like universal for everything. Like, okay, now I cut down everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, there are some things that you've sharpened that, and now you're ready to cut. So it's yeah. kind of like seed time and harvest. Mm. What seeds grow and what seeds flourish in what seasons? Mm. You know, where am I at with those different things? <laughs> Thank you for sharing those thoughts, man. Really provocative, bro. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to another conversation with us. Um, let us know your thoughts. What was provoked in you from the verses that we spoke about? Mm. Are there any other verses that came to mind for you on the back of some of the things that came up? Um, yeah, please share that. Drop that in the comments, email, whatever you need to do to get it over to us so that we can also dig deep on what the God, and not what the God, on what God is stirring up in you. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Peace.